Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we talk with the Minister of Agriculture about the fall sitting of the Saskatchewan Legislature. David Merritt says one of the highlights from yesterday's throne speech is the opening of a new trade office in Germany. We talk with the crops extension agrologist in Weyburn about a fall field survey and the few remaining fields to be combined yet. An analyst from London, England discusses the market impact from the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Food waste is discussed by the Commons Agriculture Committee. The farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. The Saskatchewan government is setting up a trade office in Germany. The announcement was made yesterday in the speech from the throne opening the fall sitting of the legislature. Agriculture Minister David Merritt says agriculture will play an important role in the fall sitting of the legislature. Well, I mean, obviously, agriculture is still a priority for us, Jim, and I think we're, you know, we're doing um, the right, we're going the right direction with it. When you see what's happening uh, in the ag sector here in the province, with obviously a number of uh, value-added processing facilities, not in just Canola Crush, which uh, most of your listeners know about, but we're seeing. A lot of uh, other crop commodity crops value added being added. I was just up to Tisdale where Seamaric just opened a, an oat and uh, faba bean processing plant. We have you know other uh, companies investing in oat processing and protein processing. So we're probably going to see continue to see those types of investments and those kind of opportunities. Obviously, our growth strategy is really to achieve that 45 million metric ton really see our value-added processing grow to $10 billion and see livestock sales hit $3 billion. So those are targets that we'd like to achieve. And as a government, we're going to do what we can to put the right policies in place so that we can achieve those goals for uh, obviously the farmers and ranchers here in the province of Saskatchewan, Jim. So you'll be encouraging trade processing. Now, I understand there is a trade office announced in the throne speech? Yes. Yeah, we will be opening another office in Germany. We feel it's obviously Germany is a powerhouse. We have many of our uh, agriculture manufacturers that attend the Agritechnica farm show in Germany. It's the largest in the world. So we see obviously uh, opportunity around ag tech in that space. And, and obviously we still want to grow our European uh, market for uh, obviously exporting grains and oil seeds as well. So we just feel that it was uh, very important for us to be in that jurisdiction of the world. And that's why we're uh, opening a, an office in, uh, in Germany. 
So the European Union is an important market for Saskatchewan farm produce? Sure it is, it's, and it will continue to be, and uh, we'll continue to build on that. Uh, obviously, companies are doing business with European Union countries, and Germany's pretty much right in the middle of it. So we just felt it was a great opportunity for us to do that, and not just in agri-products, but also uh, energy, and then obviously the ag- agri-tech side, where we have a lot of companies here in the province of Saskatchewan that are groundbreaking in that side of it, and we just felt it was an opportunity to, obviously, for those companies to give them the opportunity to be there and to set up a business and obviously make the right contacts so they can continue to grow their business as well. I believe this European Trade Office's office in Germany is what, the ninth office for Saskatchewan? Yes, it'll be our ninth office. And, uh, you know, I just experienced one uh, last week in Mexico and the folks there are doing a fantastic job and opening doors for us, but also for those companies to really hear our story here in Saskatchewan and what we're doing. We felt it was very important for us to do that. What do you see in the legislature? What do you think some of the farm issues will be raised during well, the I fall mean, sitting? You know, I, I you know, obviously we're we're I, we've got three bills that we're looking at uh, that we're going to pass. Obviously, plant health, accretion, uh, pest control. We're looking at those things just to like to harmonize, remove red tape, and just make it uh, easier for producers and um, you know farmers and ranchers to do business and even municipalities to be able to work with uh, the ag sector to make sure we can continue to see growth in the ag sector, but also still protecting the environment as well. That's Agriculture Minister David. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-Inch Eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca and your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. There's still a few fields to be combined in southeast Saskatchewan. The crops extension specialist in Weyburn, Sherry Roberts, says some flax fields remain to be harvested. Actually, Jim, there are a few flax fields left out there that the producers are trying real hard to get in before the snow comes once again. Because I see we in our forecast we have some once again get possibly scheduled for, for next week. So, yep, some flax is out there yet. What did the moisture mean this past week? How much did you get and what does it mean for the fields? Well, for us in Glenavon, we received mostly freezing rain, which luckily we didn't end up with too many power outages or anything like that. So it was it was nice moisture, though, for the fact that it, it uh, we're going to need a bigger recharge. But because the ground's not frozen, it all went in and into the ground really nice, and everybody was smiling. But we, we could use some more of that before we go to snow, but it was a nice wet snow. What little bit that we got down here in the southeast, we didn't get that much. We were more into the rain. You did some field surveys this fall. What is the final results, or what are some of the results you got? Well, I ended up doing some Black Lake and Verticillium stripe surveys, and Verticillium stripe is a new disease that we've just kind of come across that affects canola, and it can hit your yields pretty hard. And unfortunately, in the seven fields that I went and surveyed, I found it in all seven of them. So producers really need to be getting out there. Even now, after the snow has melted, walk your walk your canola fields, please, and look for black leg. It looks a lot like black leg, so look for, for stems that are shaded out, and then you need to pull them up. And unfortunately, for the verticillium, you're getting to hand lens, but if you're not certain, bring your samples into the regional crop specialist office, and we'll help you take a look at it, and, and even the black leg. You really, really need to stay on top of that because now there's a bunch of varieties of canola seed out there that provide resistance. 
but you need to know what race of blackleg you have in your field in order to take advantage of those seed varieties. And, and that's the big key. So you can go out and you can say, okay, yeah, I think I've got some blackleg, but unless you know what race you're dealing with, you can't get the seed that's going to offer you the resistance. And that's the key. And if you're, if you're not sure, call up a crop specialist and we'll certainly come on out here. We still looks like we're going to have some nice weather here for another couple weeks before we go back into old man winter's throws and give us a call. We'll be more than happy to come on out and help you do that. Hearing much about any change in seeding intentions for next spring? At this point, not really. I'm hoping, beyond a hope, that those folks that are in those short rotations take a look at the crop prices that are out there and add in another crop, particularly the folks that have a a one-year or a two-year rotation. Please, I'm appealing to you once again because of the disease issues that are starting to show up in this province. If you want to keep these crops viable, you're going to really need to be looking at your cropping plans and, and expanding out those rotations. What type of farm meetings coming up? Oh, we've got a fantastic one coming up in December at the Saskatoon Inn. It's our agronomy research update, and it's going to be two days worth of really informative meetings. Normally, it's attended by a lot of agronomists, but we really want to put a press out there for producers and say you are more than welcome to come. It's also going to be a hybrid meeting. So if you want, can't make it up to Saskatoon for those days, even one day out of the two, if you can't make it, you can tune online and you were uh, going to get a whole big dose of fantastic up-to-date information, including our insect and disease updates for what was found in the process in, in the province this past year. We're going to have Joy Agnew talk about techni- the new tech ag possibilities that are out there for farmers to, to take advantage of. We're going to talk about wheat leaf streak mosaic virus that's out there and a whole bunch of other wonderful topics. And it's now online. If you want to go to our Ministry of Ag website, you can find out or go to the Prairie CCA website and you can find more information. We're now online and taking registration for it, but it'll be December 13th and 14th at the Saskatoon Inn. Sherry Roberts is the Crops Extension Specialist for the Ministry of Agriculture. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. It's time to talk markets. And joining me is who else but Brennan Turner, grain market analyst and founder of Combine Egg. So, of course, probably top of mind this morning as the Bank of Canada in... Uh, introduced a 50 basis point increase in interest rates. Do you want to elaborate on what that could actually do to the grain markets? Yeah, so I mean, I think I think that uh, everyone and their mother had been expecting this interest rate increase because, um, frankly, we're going to continue to see a few more of these over the coming months and, and maybe 18 months, I would say, um, simply because we're in an environment of high inflation and the best way that monetary policy planners know how to call inflation is to raise interest rates. Um, you know, I, just from, from a, from a uh, kind of a farm operational balance sheet standpoint, uh, again, I would expect these, these interest rates to continue to rise for the next probably 18 months, maybe 12 months, depending on how things kind of peter out. Um, which, you know, if you think about any requirements to uh, refinance or you're looking at variable versus fixed, like there, those are some decisions that I strongly encourage you to, to have with your banker sooner than later. Um, kind of scenario planning, if you will. 
specifically from a gray market standpoint, though, um, there tends to be an inverse correlation between interest rates and grain markets. And so interest rates go up, grain markets tend to go down. People just don't want to hold on to inventory as much because um, the higher cost, carrying costs essentially. And um, that being said, there's just so many other variables though, I think that are affecting grain markets today, you know, principally uh, supply constraints and, and tight balance sheets that we're seeing you know, almost globally, um, as well as some of the geopolitical risks that, that are in the market today, namely that of the Black Sea. So, um, frankly, I think that uh, those other variables and factors are, are probably weighing greater or, or more impactful on grain markets than, than what in interest rates being increased would have. Now, now, of course, we are talking, you know, about the R word recession, although no one has officially said it. It, it is definitely a fear. What what could that do to the markets, specifically the grain markets? Yeah, so I, I think that um, you know the biggest question is going to be around demand, right? What does what does what does demand look like, and how does that change in a recession? There's certainly a little bit of a dip um, that that um, we we can probably expect in there, and this is why I'm not expecting uh, grain markets and and specific prices to get back to the record levels that we saw um, uh, in the 2021 2022 crop year. So last year. Um, now, that being said, you know, we did have a, a, a pretty decent rebound in production this year. And so uh, because of such a tight carryout in so many crops, um, you know, there's, there's still really good prices. Let's call a spade a spade. You know, in, in, in most commodities, we're probably sitting somewhere between 50 to 150 percent above the three-year average in terms of what prices are today for wheat, durum, barley, um, peas, lentils, so and so forth, right? And so um, I, I think that, especially in canola, obviously. So I, I think that while it's important to take stock of where prices were last year, we're just in a little bit in a better supply environment this year. And so prices shouldn't be as high. Um, I think that the, the impact on demand will, will be, be felt more slowly. Um, and again, this is, this is a reality of kind of just a tight balance sheet and that ge geopolitical risk. You know, we talk about what's going in, in, in the, in the black sea, um, specifically the grain corridor, um, you know, the, deal, the grain corridor deal itself is expected to be renewed in November, but and there's a lot of talk about Putin not wanting to do that. And so he's going to basically leverage it right till the 11th hour to uh, try to get what he wants uh, in terms of concessions on the economic front or the political front. But um, with the G20 summit coming up here in Bali here shortly, um, it seems like based on everything that I'm reading, Every single political leader that's not Putin in the G20 wants to be his best friend and be the mediator to get, you know, all the credit for, for solving the grain corridor deal getting extended. So, you know, I think it will get extended, but the bottom line is that Ukraine is still not shipping out as much grain as it, it, it uh, was pre-war. And therein, um, that, that uh, impact falls to other countries to kind of make up the shortfall, being on the corn front, being on the wheat front, or, or otherwise. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. 
Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly sunny today, wind southwest 30 gusting to 50, the high today plus 4, the low minus 1. Tomorrow, sunny, wind southwest at 30, the high 7 on Friday, the low minus 5. Saturday, sunny, the high 6 degrees, the low minus 4. Sunday, sunny, the high 7, the low plus 3. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 8 degrees, the low minus 5. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 5, the low minus 4. Wednesday, cloudy, 60% chance of flurries, and the high of plus 1. Normal high for this date is 6 degrees. The normal low is minus 6. The sun rose at 741 this morning. It sets at 544 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Wasika at 9 degrees. The cold spot in the southwest corner at Cypress Hills at plus 1. Estevan is 7, Saskatoon 5, Swift Current 2, Weyburn 7, Yorkton is 5 degrees. Regina cloudy and plus 2, that's 36 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south, southwest at 23. Humidity is 77%, the barometer falling 101.0. Cloudy and Moose Jaw plus 3, winds are south, southwest at 35, gusting to 40. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. A wet fall along with the ongoing war in Russia is delaying winter wheat seeding progress in Ukraine. There's about a 7-10 to 10 day seeding window remaining, according to Bilal Muftuaglu, the editor of Agricultural Markets with Argus Media in London, England. This is also, again, primarily due to supply issues, financing issues. Ukrainian farmers also struggle to sell, especially at the start of the 22-23 marketing year in July in the Northern Hemisphere. So they didn't have the financial means. On top of that, they're also struggling to get the the right machinery and fertilizers for their crops. So again, the planting progress is quite slow. The same kind of issues are being experienced in Russia, especially with the partial military mobilization. That's affecting the farmer agricultural uh, workforce. So fewer people working in the fields. Uh, And farmers, again, having not not making enough sales they don't have the financial means or sometimes the logistical means to secure fertilizer supply or uh, machinery supply for the ongoing planting progress while ukrainian wheat exports received a boost this summer when russia and ukraine agreed to a deal to allow grain vessels to move through the black sea those exports have dropped off as we approach the end of the agreement next month Maftoglu says inspection times are increasing we see inspection times increase in the Marmara Sea before going into Ukrainian ports. We see declining export activity and especially trade in Ukraine. Not much is being delivered to ports anymore. Buyers internationally, they can mostly afford to wait. We're not really talking about, you know, the global famine or, you know, the crisis situation that we initially feared in April. The UN is expressing optimism alongside Turkey 
but also says there's much more needs to be done in a matter of few days. We see Ukraine accusing Russia of politically delaying inspection times and Russia insisting on the fact that Ukrainian cargoes are mostly going to more developed countries and not those in need. Bilal Maftourglu is the editor of Agricultural Markets with Argus Media. He was speaking from London yesterday on a Zoom grain marketing meeting sponsored by the Alberta Wheat and Barley Commissions. About 75 people attended a one-day workshop yesterday at the Discovery Farm near Langham, northwest of Saskatoon. It was hosted by the Canadian Water Resources Association. It brought together producers, industry reps, and academic researchers to talk about new science in agricultural water and drainage management. One of the speakers was Dr. Jeff Shano with the University of Saskatchewan. He has been working on a wetland consolidation project at the Discovery Farm. We're taking about eight of these uh, shallow depressional areas or basins within a field and draining them and moving that water all into one wetland area within that same field. And then looking at what's happening to the soils, to the crop growth in those depressional areas and also looking at how different managements like variable rate fertilization, some strategic tillage to incorporate residue and reduce the contact of the residue with the water and also growing a forage in those depressions can help reduce uh, the amount of nutrient that's lost in water when water moves out of those drain basins. When water drains, it takes nutrients with it. Shino says soluble reactive phosphate is the biggest concern. And it doesn't take much uh, soluble reactive phosphate in water uh, if it enters into a lake to promote algal growth. And when that algal growth is promoted, that causes a deterioration in water quality, what we call a eutrophication. And so we really want to make sure that we keep those nutrients on the field and don't have them being moved off the field in uh, surface runoff. So uh, um, phosphorus is the main concern, but also nitrogen as well. When in zones of weather extremes from year to year, Shano says it's important to keep the water on the field or use it more efficiently. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com A new report from Food Banks Canada says the number of people using food banks across the country surged to an all-time high earlier this year. The report says high inflation and low social assistance rates have contributed to the rise in food bank usage. It says there were nearly 1.5 million visits to food banks in March. That figure is 15% higher than the number of visits in the same month last year and 35% higher than visits in March of 2019 before the pandemic hit. Contrast the rising demand for food banks with the amount of food waste in Canada every year. One of the speakers that appeared before the Commons Agriculture Committee yesterday and its discussion on global food insecurity was Lori Nickel, the CEO of Second Harvest, Canada's biggest food rescue operation. She called food waste in Canada a crisis. 58% of all food produced for Canadians approximately 35.5 million tons is lost or wasted annually, bypassing the dinner tables of Canadian families and adding over 56 million tons of greenhouse gases to our atmosphere, while at the same time 5.6 million Canadians are food insecure. Addressing food waste is a critical 
part of the food, of the issue for food insecurity. Taking action to support food waste reduction and diversion initiatives can reduce supply issues, mitigate transportation challenges, reduce CO2 emissions, lessen our reliance on imports, and redistribute millions of tons of edible food to families and communities in need. Nickel had two recommendations for the committee to consider, including reinstating a program that was set up to rescue surplus food that was started at the beginning of the pandemic. First, we are asking this committee to support the revival of the Surplus Food Rescue Program. The Surplus Food Rescue Program was introduced in July 2020 as part of Canada's COVID response. Through this program, Second Harvest was able to purchase over 9 million pounds of fresh surplus food, like eggs, chicken, salmon, and fresh produce, which we then redistributed to over 350 communities across Canada. The Surplus Food Rescue Program was an example of government leadership and action that had a real impact on the lives of countless Canadians, including our producers. Unfortunately, while the program no longer exists, it is now needed more than ever. Second, we are asking the committee to support the creation of a tax credit to incentivize Canadian businesses to reduce their food waste and provide surplus food to organizations that can redistribute it. Some provinces have already taken this step. Quebec's tax credit resulted in an increase of fresh food being donated to food charities in the first year. However, provincial tax credits only apply to producers, meaning over 100,000 Canadian businesses have the ability to reduce their food waste, but do not have an incentive to do so. That's Lori Nickel, the CEO of Second Harvest. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building materials supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. Grain markets were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola fell $7.50 at $851.22 per metric ton. Number one red spring wheat rose $2.19 at $430.42. The rest were all unchanged. This morning, Durham $491.52. Feed barley $367.87. Chickpeas $925.95. Flax $752.98. Oats, $260.32 per metric ton. Yellow peas, $459.89. And feed wheat, $289.56 per metric ton. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CARM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. Hello, Calvin Jr. for Heartland Livestock, Yorkton, with your market report for the week of October 26th. For the weather this week, we had a decent run on offer at 2171 in the sort, 376 cows and bulls for a total of 2547. On the feeder cattle, the market was steady to higher in a few classes. Here are a few highlights of this week's sale. Foxkin steers, 422 at 327.50, 490 at 3 bucks, 565 at 270 and a quarter, 706 weights at 258 and a quarter, and the 783-pound buckskin steers at 250. 
Red X steers, 510 at 289, 570 at 270, 640 at 262, 50, 708 to 256 and a quarter, and your 783 weight Red X steers at 249.50. On the block steers, 408 pounds at 331, 488 at 292.50, 632s at 258, 709 at 253 and a quarter, and your 784 weight block steers at 249. On the heifer trade, we're still seeing them 25 to 30 cents back from the steers. On the cow trade, we saw 292 cows average, 91.75. D1, D2 cows, 96 to $1.04. D3s, 85 to 92. And your light Shelly cows, 70 to 80. Your heiferettes, $1.25 to $1.55. 25 big bulls average $1.33 with a high of a buck 45. Producers are sales for November 2nd and 9th are full and taking bookings for the sales going forward. On the November 2nd sale, after the pre-sort, there will be a dispersal of 50 black and red cows bred Angus for April 1st calving. These cows have a lot of production left in them. For all your market needs, give us a call here at HLS York. Once again, this has been Junior. Thank you and have a great day. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, today's quote, both Brandon and Moose Jaw plants, $228.40 per CKG. Coming up... This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. Saskatchewan-based uranium miner Cameco says its third quarter losses narrowed as its revenue increased. Cameco is reporting a loss of $20 million compared with a loss of $72 million in the same quarter last year. It says revenue increased by 8% to $389 million. On an adjusted basis, Cameco says it earned $10 million for its latest quarter compared with an adjusted loss of $54 million a year earlier. Crescent Point Energy says its third quarter net income soared to $446 million, six times higher than in the same quarter last year. The Calgary-based company announced a special dividend of 3.5 cents a share as it reported the results. It says oil and gas sales were up 33% to $1.1 billion, boosted by higher realized oil and natural gas prices. Adjusted net earnings from operations amounted to $0.43 cents per share, up from $0.24 cents per share a year earlier. On the markets, the TSX is up 156 points to 19,436. The Dow has risen 409 points to 32,248. Oil has gained $1.44 at 89.35 per barrel. The Canadian at 73.90 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.